These few weeks, we're looking at uh, waiting. Waiting during the Ed times. What do we do while we wait? Waiting in these latter days, waiting on the promise of God. And there's something interesting as we went through the text. And remember, we're walking through this Thessalonian text last Sunday, this Sunday, and next Sunday. And there's something very relevant. You see, there's something that every culture deals with. It's actually more detailed than that. Not, not just every culture throughout the world, but even like the little subcultures and even the little groups in little places, whether it's at home or whether it's at church or whether it's at college or whether it's even outside the church. There's something that every single group of people around this entire planet deal with. Maybe you've dealt with it from time to time. Maybe you've been the offender of this particular thing. I know at times in my life I have, and I know you're waiting for me to actually get to the point on what this thing is. Have you ever heard the term moocher? You know, the, the guy that walks around and really doesn't work for anything, but just kind of takes whatever is given, and um, it's beyond that, though. It's not, not just that they can't work, it's that they don't or won't do anything to help out. You know the folks, like in college, I remember there were always the ones that would come over to the house and open the fridge and just start rifling through the fridge and grabbing food and grabbing things. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. First off, your mom didn't buy all that stuff. I did. And what are you doing? That doesn't even have my name on it. It's got our roommate's name on it. That's not yours. You can't just reach in and start grabbing stuff out of the fridge and making a sandwich and sitting down on the couch and turning the TV on. It's not even your place, right? That idea. The, the folks that, and then there, there are many levels of this, though. There, there are the folks that make almost a profession out of it. And it's hard to watch. It's hard to see, and sometimes we get caught up in it ourselves. Now, now, clarity here. This is not receiving something that is a gift or good graces of somebody that wants to give it to you. This is abusing the generosity of others. This is sitting in the midst of something and realizing that you really don't have to do anything because everybody else is going to take care of it for you, and you can just, with a few words, work your way into getting really anything you want. There's a whole thievery side of it, too. You've heard of con men. That sort of thing, right? Working your way into a situation to where everyone's going to give you pretty much anything, whether or not they want to, and you're just going to kind of take it, right? You don't have to work. You don't have to do anything. That's what Paul's addressing in this letter. Remember last week, as we were listening to what Paul was writing to the Thessalonians, he was encouraging them not to be uh, distracted, not to be misguided by folks that were giving false promises, by folks that were coming in and saying, hey, Jesus already came and you missed it, right? He was telling them to remember the truth that he taught, remember the truth of the gospel in Christ, remember that they are forgiven sinners, that no matter what comes on, no matter who comes along to try and dissuade them away, they should not be shaken in mind, body, or soul from the fact that Christ has saved them through his life, death, and resurrection again and has promised to come back, to gather his family together, to gather his people together. And so Paul said, don't Get distracted from that. That promise is true. That promise is certain. And you're not going to miss it, right? 
so now he takes the next step. He has, he has secured them in who they are before God, right? And now he's saying, now look throughout your church. Look throughout your community. See the ones that have listened to that false word? Because that false word had led people in the Thessalonican church, Thessalonian, sorry, in the Thessalonian church in Thessalonica, that's all those words, um, that false prophecy, that false teaching, that false idea had led some within that church to have a mindset of a couple of different things. One of them was, well, if Christ came back, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm not going to go work and do anything. We missed it. End game, done, finished. And so they would just live on the generosity of others. And then the other mindset was, well, if Christ came back and this church does a lot of blessings, they'll just take care of everything for me. But see, it's not what Paul was encouraging them to do. Paul was reminding them that they are 100% forgiven because of all that God had done for them in Christ, that they were then called to take care of the people that were around them. See, there's that difference again between what God does for us to make the relationship right between us and him, and that is 100% secure in Jesus. And then there's what we're called to go out and do with the folks that are around us. See, whether we're lazy or whether we work, that will have a difference in the effect of our relationships here, but that's still not going to shake the love of God for us, right? See, we can't flip those two. We can't say that the work we do here is what is going to earn us our way to heaven, but the work we do here is what's going to be benefit for somebody else. That part is true. See, as we work here and as we talk here and as we share the love of God with all of our neighbors that are around us, then they get to hear of the love of God for them. And so as we walk through, what do we do while we wait for Christ to return? Well, we don't doubt the promise. The promise is sure and certain. The love and the forgiveness for you is accomplished and done. You are a marked child of God in your baptism. You are his. Don't let anybody ever shake that from you. So now what? Now do we just sit in that and not do anything with it? No. See, that's a beautiful gift that's been given to you. A beautiful gift that God has shared with you. A beautiful, generous handful and more than that, an overflowing handful of eternal life that has just been poured over you. And now he says... Go tell folks about it. And we start to wonder what that looks like. What does it look like to share the love of God with folks? So what do we do while we wait? What do we do while we wait until Christ returns? And I want to share with you a little bit about what that looks like. Because it's not fancy. It's not crazy. Sharing the word of God in a home, that's one. Changing that third diaper of the morning because you've changed two already and the kid for some reason can't keep them clean and you're on the way out the door to church and another one in the car taking care of little ones. Sitting next to someone who hurts. Sitting next to someone in their joy. Sitting next to someone as you are just there for friendship. 
selling appliances at an honest price. Being fair to the folks that are around you, teaching someone and helping them grow in the knowledge and the gifts that God gives. As we talk through the first article of the creed, right? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and everything that he has given me in my body and soul, life and limb, and all of the gifts and senses, and maintains them and keeps them going. And then we start to encourage others with those same gifts. See, because God gives so many gifts and those gifts are there to share and those gifts are there to encourage one another in and we're able to do all of that because of the love of christ so while we wait we actually have stuff to do otherwise jesus at the end of matthew would not have said go teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son holy spirit he wouldn't have said that if we didn't have anything to do if he would have said hey it's all done don't worry about anything just sit around for a while i'll be back okay but sometimes we start to almost be <laughs> maybe revert back to like when we were in children right i love the question up here Susie. what do you do when you're sitting at a restaurant and the food's not come yet and you're waiting the first thing that went through my mind when I was a kid, I'm bored. When are they going to be here? How come it takes so long? And yet at times we do that with Christ. Jesus, come back. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. What's taking so long? Why does it have to take thousands of years for you to return? Things hurt. Things are hard right now, Jesus. When are you going to be present? When are you going to be back? When are you going to come again as you've promised? And when we're concerned for ourselves, that's honest questions. But if we take one moment to lift up our heads a little bit and look at the world around we see that his delaying is a loving delaying. How many people haven't heard the good news of Jesus? How many people haven't heard the fact that they are loved and forgiven in Christ? How many people may have rejected that for a really long time and need to hear again that they are forgiven sinners? How many people need to hear that word of God? If Christ comes back too quick, then not as many people get to hear of his love for them. So what do we do while we wait? We rejoice. We rejoice in the fact that we are forgiven because of Christ. We rejoice in the fact that eternal life is not a doubt but a certainty. And we rejoice in the fact that God is not far away but present. Present in this day, present in his word, present in his sacraments, present in your homes by his spirit, present everywhere two or three are gathered together in his name, present with his people. And we see the hardships that are around and we see the things that are broken that are around and people say, where is God if so many bad things are happening? And the best response I have heard yet is, imagine if he wasn't present. Because God still is in control of all things. God is in control of heavenly things. God is in control of the things around the world. God is in control even when we look around and see things broken. Imagine what it would be like if he wasn't present at all. Because when Christ comes back, that's the separation that happens. Those in his name will be with him. Those not in his name won't be with him. There's no real gray area. So what do we do? Well, we share the love of God. 
We share the love of God in the mundane, boring, peanut butter sandwich making, diaper changing world. We share the mundane of God when those people, God love you, that love being accountants and work with numbers. We share the love of God in every vocation that you are called into because God has given you gifts to work in his world in a way that nobody else can. He's taking care of what needs to be taken care of between you and him to give you eternal life. That's his job. Your job? Live as his child. Live as his child in joy. Live as his child in trust. Live as his child, fear, loving, and trusting God above all things, knowing that he is the one in control and that he loves you and that he has forgiven you and you are 100% his child. And there's nothing that can shake that, nothing that will take you out of his hand, nothing that will alter that. You are his. And now you get to go tell others. And that's a pretty amazing thing. And God gives us that gift to say, when you are going, don't be afraid. Because I'll be with you even then by my spirit. I'll give you the words. So now you know what to do while you wait for Christ to come back. You share his word. You hand it down from one generation to the next. You share it alongside with friends. And you live trusting God in all things, knowing that he's made things right in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, you have given us so many wonderful gifts, and it's so easy to have our eyes turned in on ourselves and think, for one, those gifts may come from us, or that maybe those gifts really aren't there, but yet you take care of us each day. You bring the sunshine, you bring the stars, you bring the rain, you bring the harvest, you bring the food. We thank you for the many blessings you give through our work and everywhere else, and we pray that you would get, make us generous with those blessings, that all would come to know you as God and hear the truth of your love for us in Jesus. So while we wait, let us not be anxious, but certain, knowing of your love, with strong hearts to share that love with the world around us and all those that you bring into our lives. In your son Jesus' name, amen.